2: Welcome to Bravo Happy Hour. I'm your host, Megan O'Donnell. Grab yourself a drink and join me every Tuesday and Friday to talk all about Bravo TV. On Tuesdays, I report on all the latest news stories happening in the off-screen lives of our favorite Bravo celebrities. And Friday bonus episodes range from one season wonder recaps, Bravo celebrity product reviews, book club discussions, very random deep dives, and so much more. Sit back, grab your drink, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, welcome to Bravo Happy Hours, High Society Recap Part two. So if you guys are unfamiliar with High Society, head over to YouTube and watch it. There are eight episodes and it goes all through the post-divorce years of Tinsley Mortimer and her horrific group of friends in NYC, in Rhode Island. It's a really good time. It's so much fun to watch. And it's eight 20-minute episodes, so you can easily breeze through it in an afternoon. Or if you're like me, pretending to work from home, you can watch it during work. Don't tell my boss that that is what I do. If you have watched the show and haven't listened to part one, go back and listen to part one so you get a little bit of insight on who all the characters are and the episode one recap. This episode will be episodes two and three and so on and so forth again you know when I'm talking with Jasper our episodes will go incredibly long with the two of us are supposed to record the first four episodes the first time we sat and recorded but we talked for two hours on three episodes so by the end of it we both were just so over talking to each other talking in general talking about this goddamn show so we are recording more this weekend for the remaining episodes so stay tuned for more and enjoy the show Okay, so then we move on to episode two, Prince Uncharming. We start the show in Tinsley's loft, and it's funny because she's putting all this, like, old, fancy, Upper East Side (laughs) furniture into this, like, very cool, modern loft, and you could just tell... It's just like trying to replicate her old life and it's like, honey, you can move on. Go to CB2, get some cute new furniture, more modern, a little bit less like old. Antique. I
3: liked the old stuff in the modern place. Well, not the big round table she put in the Oof. entrance area, but like the rest I really, really like. Like the old Chinese things, you know, those, um, <laughs> those
2: vases.
3: Yeah, she had and everything. I, I liked the style. I think it was cute.
2: All right, well, I go, go back and forth. But I did notice she unpacked these like blue chairs that were then in her hotel when she lived in the hotel in New York City, where she was like, they let me bring some of my own furniture to make it seem more like an apartment. I remember those blue chairs and I saw them here. I was like, wow, these must have some sort of significant value. Tinsley, explain the blue chairs, please. <laughs> you need to know more about them.
3: They're probably worth millions
2: she's like they're from the ming dynasty um right. i don't know what that is but they're really exclusive. Um, we see them we see that she's with dabney they're trying to unpack she's unpacking in prada six and chills which i really appreciate basically saying she can't wear flats which is funny because i feel like we did see her in sneakers at that fashion show like a season or two ago and she was like I don't know how to walk in these. Like, I'm going to fall. Right. the Garo Sparrow.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. A big, big comeback. My
0: fashion-made
2: comeback. (laughs) She's so funny. Where like, I feel like she is like living in these like old world mentalities where it's like, my debutante beau, I'm coming out as a beautiful 16-year-old. And now she's like, my coming out to society, the Garo Sparrow fashion show. No one knows Garrow's Barrow, (laughs) like, okay. (laughs) And then we do see a great little scene of Daphne, which I appreciate as a lazy bitch myself. She's supposed (laughs) to be there to help Tinsley unpack and she just starts painting her nails. And Tinsley's like, what are you doing? It's gonna take 10 minutes to dry. And she's like, "Mm, I used quick dry, so it might be sooner. (laughs) Like, you guys pretending you're unpacking anything is hilarious. So we then go to Flat- Flatowell, which is some hotel, and Paul and Jules are meeting up at the hotel bar. Jules walks in and Paul's sitting there and they basically just look at each other like who's gonna break the silence? <laughs> <laughs> and then she's like, "So what do you have to say? <laughs> and he's like, um, I just wanna tell you, I don't feel bad at throwing my drink at your friend. I meant to throw it at you. And then she's like, okay, great. Well, that's not an apology or anything, so I'm gonna go. And then we get another tech shame. He says, well, I have an iPhone, not some ghetto BlackBerry. I would never want to steal your phone.
3: <laughs> Maybe he was one of the first influencers before there was Instagram. and He actually was paid by Apple to mention iPhone a few times.
2: Steve Jobs was like, I know the perfect person <laughs> to make this phone look incredible and really high-end, regal. <laughs> so obviously these two are not making up. Understandably so. We then get another scene. I love back-to-back jewel scenes. We see her and Dabney shopping at Freté, which is like a really, really high-end linen shop. They sell like bathrobes and things. And they say, we want to get customized sheets and pillows for our hotel with their monograms on them. <laughs> like,
3: what? <laughs> so ridiculous, You're living at a hotel. They're gonna change your sheets every two days or whatever. And now you yeah, you want your own monogrammed ones? Like an idiot.
2: Talk about just unnecessary spending. Like it is just so ridiculous. So we then get back to the hotel where we watch Jules dictate to the maid how to put the sheets on. Which even that, you can't even put your own sheets on a bed. (laughs) Like and are they going to be re-washing those sheets every two days? Or <laughs> are they going to be interchanging them with the hotel sheets? And I can imagine the Empire Hotel has nice bedding. Good thread count.
3: Right. And are those monogrammed ones going to end up in somebody else's room? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because they're just going to hotel laundry.
2: <laughs> yeah, they probably are like, anything that comes in or out of this room needs to be deeply sanitized. Because there's questionable behavior. So we see Jules yelling at the maid to put the monogram pillow directly in the center of the bed, and I guess then she looks at her. And she goes, "Don't do a crappy job like you usually do." And I guess one of the pillow monogram pillows were upside down, so the monogram yeah. was not legible. And she goes, "In our country, we don't put things upside down." And you
3: just see we the maid don't spell upside down. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> just disrespectful to anybody. I can't even imagine how terrified the staff must have been going into that room.
3: <laughs> and that's actually like I don't really think she's a racist. She's just through and through a horrible person. Yeah. She
2: I, that's
3: it. she's just really like I mean, yeah, she does say racist stuff, but she's just horrible to any human being.
2: Yeah, she's disrespectful. <laughs> she's entitled. She has horrible. no regard for anybody. And it's sad because she's another one where you could tell, like, she has nobody. Like, she has no parental guidance or family trying to make this better. Like, you, you can just tell she's, like, so deeply alone. You guys don't have too much money because your kid gets so fucked up. Like, <laughs> there, There is, like, too much money where it's, like, then this is how they treat people. And poor Daphne, is just like...
3: Oh. And if you have too much money, either spend it on yourself and not your kids, or give it to us. <laughs> we can always use some money.
2: We will be so nice. We'll be such good people. <laughs> if you just give us money, it's not hard. We wouldn't let it get to our heads. <laughs> So from there, we see Alex and Dabney planning a little party for Tinsley. So they're planning this little dinner party saying everybody is going to be bringing a picture of an eligible bachelor for Tinsley. So they go to this dinner and this one girl has like, look at this guy with the six-pack. He's so sexy.
3: Some of those pictures are cutouts from magazines as well.
2: <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs>
3: Don't actually know that person, so it's not really a bachelor for Tinsley. It's just a guy you found in a magazine and thought he's hot.
2: Also, Tinsley's type is doughy and white. Like, <laughs> 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 like, Topper is like not Brad Pitt. Like, he is, obviously, he's, you know, I feel like the money might make him look a little bit better. And they were like childhood sweethearts, so it's different. But she ends up marrying Scott, and he is basically just. Topper, like just, but in Chicago. <laughs> so then Dale, 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 she attends this party and she flips around her board, her picture board, and it's a picture of Tinsley and Topper hugging from their wedding. <laughs> 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 As if that's not gonna hurt your daughter's feelings.
3: Right? It
2: was so rude. And then I love. How press plays a role in this show, and all, all even Rony Housewives like Page Six has like a real part in Real Housewives of New York because it is like the real society rag, and like you know when Sonia is like getting kicked out of bars and stuff, like you <laughs> you read about it the next day, and then hear about it on this show. So. Then Tinsley starts talking in her testimonial, saying, like, they used the picture that was on (laughs) page two of my spread in New York magazine. How dare she? And Dale just has this shit-eating grin on her face. Like, she's so proud of her work. Like, this is hilarious. Like, look at this funny I just did. (laughs) It's like... And Daphne had to stand up for Tinsley. It was like, Mom, what are you doing? Like, you know she's going through a really hard time this party at a place called Butter was supposed to be fun. Like, we're supposed to be having fun tonight, potentially eating butter. Like, Why <laughs> did you ruin everything? <laughs> and she's like, I didn't even realize it would be rude.
3: It's fucking idiot.
2: You didn't realize that would be rude? That's ridiculous. Then from there, we go to an event at Marquis, And it's a City of Hope cancer benefit. Paul is there too. He said his mom is in remission from breast cancer for the past 10 years. And he said, how ironic that Jules is here because she pretended to have cancer. So I love how they're like dissing their charity attendants. One, because he's gay and must have AIDS. (laughs) The other one, she's like, well, she's at a cancer thing because she clearly had cancer. Uh, Oh my God. So at this event... Paul ends up seeing Alex, and he apologizes to her and said, like, you know, I feel misunderstood, I'm really sorry, I meant to, I meant to throw it at Jules, like, it, which isn't an apology, where he's like, I still meant to hurt someone, <laughs> but just not you. <laughs> Alex says if he was a real gentleman, he would have offered to pay for her dry cleaning, which is very
3: true. Well, but we all know he's not a gentleman. I mean, of course not. Why would he pay for anything?
2: Yeah, It doesn't mean,
3: benefit him. <laughs>
2: And he's still, like, on his parents' leash with money. So he's like, money's always kind of tight. Unless it's for, like, champagne, limousines, or hotels. <laughs> but, like, I can't pay your $30 dry cleaning bill. Absolutely not.
3: Well, it probably would have been more, of course, they go to
2: Madame Paulette. <laughs> yeah. I was just thinking, I'm like, how can I slide Madame Paulette into that? <laughs> Maybe he just should have just bought one of the dry cleaning kits from <laughs> him from there you could do it at home which actually I got an anonymous tip from a girl I know who's a bartender in the city and she was saying I can't remember the name of the location that they were at but it was like John Dorinda this was like years ago um right before like the whole big like cocaine um reunion thing happened where they had like addressed her addressed it with her and she was like me cocaine never and she this bartender was telling me that she was there and like john and all the other people doing lines like in the bar on the bar and he was just giving her hundreds of dollar bills just so that like he she would keep her mouth shut and this girl like i just met her and so it was like so random that she would tell me this but i'm like interesting noted Noted. thank you she did say dorinda was not doing it but she was so fucked up and trying to like make conversation with her and the other bartenders and they were like ma'am you need to stop speaking you need to stop speaking like this is bad like maybe you should do some coke and level out a little bit so you're not like tweaking like you are right now
3: oh lovely dorinda
2: oh dorinda r.i.p if you guys haven't listened to our best of dorinda medley episode go back and listen to that because it's (laughs) a doozy Then we go to Tinsley's house as she's getting ready to go on the state with Alex's friend Ryan. They go to Philippe, which is like a really fancy restaurant in the city. And she said it's kind of weird to go back because it was a place that her and Topper would go all the time. Which is probably really hard. Like, how do you like go back to like one of your favorite restaurants with your husband to like go back with a new guy? It just would be weird.
3: I don't know. I, well, yeah, probably. But I also find it. Quite a turn off if I was on a date, and she would tell me, "I used to go here all the time with my ex-husband." Okay, bye, bitch. Clearly, you're not over it.
2: Exactly, and she's like, "Um, we're gonna get the lettuce wraps and the chicken satay, which, like, you know, is their appetizer (laughs) that they always ordered." She's like, "It's my favorite." (laughs) So they get taken to this private room. They walk through the kitchen. This is her favorite room. Oh my god. And then he is handsome, but like a douchebag. He goes, are we doing Blackberries? (laughs) Let's keep it New York. (laughs) And they both like keep their phones on the table, which it's like keeping that New York. I mean, now it's different. Ten years later, like people would never, God
1: forbid,
2: have a meal without their phone. How are you going to photograph your food if you don't have your phone on the table? Which actually, I read this article that was saying that restaurants now need to Like, when they're kind of gauging how many people that they're going to be sitting in a restaurant, they have to increase the amount of time people would normally spend at the dining table because of people taking so many photos of their food. Like, it adds like an extra minute for every (laughs) course. (laughs) Oh, the internet, full of useless information. So they're at this restaurant, whatever, they're chatting. Clearly, like, she's being nice, and they're just talking. And he goes, i have a surprise for you. And he takes her to the Rockefeller ice rink, and it was raining, so you can't go ice skating. <laughs> and I want to tell all people out there, who likes ice skating as a date? Like, am I just, like, a winter Grinch? No. It's not no, fun. No, I
3: wouldn't have... No. I mean, you're freezing. You're potentially going to fall. You might cut off you know, a limb because somebody with an ice skate is gonna run you over. Yeah, and then you have smelly feet afterwards.
2: Those are all great points. I was just gonna say it's boring. <laughs> I dated a guy once, and he was like obsessed with the idea of us going ice skating together. And then I just kind of told him one day, I was like, "Can we go to a restaurant? Like, I don't want to be rude, but like, you keep pushing this, and I don't like that. It's not my thing."
3: Well, so, maybe he he saw high society. Yeah, it would have been a good idea.
2: Maybe or it was maybe actually he- Ryan. <laughs>
3: Maybe he was hoping Joe Zarin would be there.
2: I love the means of her ice skating. <laughs> so they obviously don't end up going ice skating because of the rain, but then they kiss in the rain. And she's like in these heels, like standing in a big puddle. Like Tinsy must be so <laughs> pissed off that her hair is getting frizzy. Like that there's in a rain situation. She's like, fuck this. And if anything, she like goes back to her apartment and she's like, whoa. That date made me realize I'm not ready to date, and this really made me miss Casimir.
3: <laughs> I know, but then also, like, she was really enjoying the kiss, though. Like, yeah. it really looked like she was really into the kissing, but then, and it didn't, it didn't feel like, yeah, she realized she was not ready to date somebody else. You know? Oh, okay. Okay.
2: Which, like, I understand. I feel like after a breakup, it's like, yeah, it's fun to, like, hook up and, like, kiss someone, but it's like, I don't want to date you. Like, ugh, like kissing once is maybe fun, but dating. But
3: she is, but she is dating Prince Kazumier.
2: That, too. She, she, is d- dating she did somebody. have a boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> so she,
3: she kind of is cheating on her boyfriend.
2: Oh, yeah. Damn. I didn't even, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> <laughs> So, from there, we go to the Doha Saloon, which Jules and her friend Chloe go to this bar downtown. Chloe, her friend, is so pretty. She's like Japanese and French and like just so pretty and normal.
3: See, and to get back to that again, like, that's why I don't think she is racist. She's just a horrible person.
2: Yeah. Because
3: <laughs> her friend is yeah, <laughs> Asian. Japanese, Asian mixed French like she has so many nationalities No, so that's why I think like Jules is not really a racist she's just a really really absolutely disgusting horrible person
2: I feel like she forgets the labels that she hates if the person is like rich and in her life she's like oh I hate gay people except for this guy who is gay and was my friend for years it's like oh Right, 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 Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> this tracks. We see her going to this bar downtown, and she says she likes to go downtown because she's able to eat poor guys. <laughs> she said it's fun to hang out with blue-collar people at some crummy bar. And she said the best part about going downtown is because she can fuck with poor people and just not care about what she does. And, like, this is where she goes to let loose and to have fun because, I guess, like, the socialites that she usually hangs out with won't see her there. So she and Cleo are hanging out with these cute guys that are daring each other to kiss people, someone moons someone, then they go outside and Cleo's like, oh, I want a cigarette. And Jules is like, oh my God, don't ask people downtown for cigarettes because they don't have jobs. <laughs> you don't either. <laughs> what job do you have? Let me know. So from there, we go to Paris Fashion Week, International High Society. We see Tinsley in uh, Paris. She says she's really known in the U.S., but she wants to become more known in Paris. We see her at the Karl Lagerfeld show, sitting next to Katy Perry and Rihanna. And Katy Perry didn't have her face blurred, so she signed the release to be on (laughs) High Society. (laughs) Rihanna knew better, though. She was like, I can smell racism in the air on this here show. (laughs) I don't trust it. I don't trust it. She, since Casimir lives in London, he was able to actually go to Paris and they meet up with each other. And this is the first time we see Casimir. And this made me very much team Dale. He is an asshole.
3: No, I don't think he is.
2: Well, you're German, so you might understand, like, the cold, (laughs) maybe German vibe that he was giving off, which was, like, he was, like, so distant with her. He was, like, here's a limp hug. So they are walking around Paris together, and obviously they're filming a show, so it's not like you guys can, like, stroll the Champs-Élysées, like, casually. Like, you need to potentially, like, round the corner three or four times so that they get the best shot, And, and all of these things that just are a part of a reality show. And you could tell that Tinsley probably had to beg him a lot to come on this show.
3: Oh, absolutely. But that's why he acts the way he acts. And I do understand because then, yeah, at some point he's like, I'm not doing this anymore. And I I only do, this is not what we agreed upon to do on camera. I was like, well, I do understand because if it's not agreed upon, why would I do it? And he actually is, royalty like real (laughs) royalty so i kind of do understand that it's a really big deal for him to be on a reality show and he's not really comfortable with it but he does it because he was actually in a relationship with tinsley at the time
2: Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Like, of course he wants to be a little bit particular in like how he's shown, but it seems like the conversation that set him off was her just mentioning, you know, I was really sad to be in Paris when you weren't there. And he was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa. whoa, whoa,
2: whoa. Get the cameras away. Get the cameras away. He goes, I need to be able to see any footage that has me from the head up. You see my head. I need to see the footage. And then like, they walk back to the hotel and she's like, like, what's going on? Like, chill, Like, whatever we'll figure it out like you're fine and he's like stop the cameras! stop the cameras and of course they, they put all of this in the show because it's gold like this is what we want in reality television cool. and we'll see another camera shooing later in the season with Jules which I also really really enjoyed <laughs> so they're just kind of like going back and forth outside the hotel and then he's like one two three Tinsley <laughs> Tinsley I was like you are not her dad <laughs> like,
3: true but she does act like a little child though
2: I know but then I, I'm like it goes back to me loving Tinsley so much <laughs> She's trying. I do
3: love her too but it just I mean it just shows what she learned as a little kid how she has to behave to get a man she always has to, to be like the little helpless girl yeah. she needs a strong man
2: which is interesting because you know her father was an alcoholic and she opened up about that later on seasons of roni and so you kind of wonder like what she looks for in a man because like dale had such a probably not the best relationship with her father because i think they were divorced before he passed away yeah so
3: which they didn't talk about on roni
2: no They didn't talk. But they
3: made believe that they, like on Roni, they made believe that they were yeah married till till the end. But on this show, which obviously was before Roni, they actually talk about it.
2: Yeah, and I mean, it's just like, it's good to show like how things actually went because you could see Dale probably stuck with that husband for like as long as possible until like it got, to be too much. He was a similar type of guy, wealthy, from a good family. And so Dale probably watching Tinsley do this a lot younger than she was without any children, without that, you know, family support of having Topper in her life because of the kids. Dale just being upset that she wasn't able to secure the deal wait a little bit longer just be miserable for longer it's okay just be miserable for longer maybe 20 more years and tinsley's like no just like I all the money can't. yeah exactly got 18 years of money
3: <laughs> but still like what i find quite impressive that they're in paris actually at fashion week and that tinsley goes to all the real fashion shows like lagerfeld ungaro Like she is actually in the front row, invited to real fashion shows, and not. No, who who do they always go to? Um, In New York Fashion Week.
2: Oh, it's a woman, but she is someone. Jill Stewart. No, it's not Jill
1: Stewart.
2: No. Um, Sonia Morgan.
1: yeah that
3: one
2: mm-hmm. yeah that one let's see which one. Oh my god ramona on the catwalk i forgot brooklyn fashion week <laughs> <laughs> i also liked one i mean i love these random designers that they talk about like we'll have devora in one of the episodes where she's like maggie smith or whatever it's like okay right. it, this is not a designer anybody knows but i've always yeah. loved and i've talked about it on this show when jill Zarin was like i got this dress from zang toy <laughs> zang toy <laughs>
3: Stop trying to make Zhang Toy happen.
2: No, and Zhang Toy is like a huge, huge racist. So let's actually cancel Zhang Toy.
3: <laughs> but yeah, I just I mean it just shows that Tinsley actually was somebody back in the day.
2: And you see that she talks to Carl Lagerfeld after the show, and exactly. he's like, You look amazing. And she's like, I only wear black for you. And he's like, blondes look good in black. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And he's not somebody who would do that for a to be on a reality show or like if the if the CW would be like, could you please talk to to Tinsley Mortimer? He would (laughs) he talks to her because he not he invited her, yeah. Like the company, of course, invited her, but he knows who she is and he knows that she probably spends a lot of money on his label.
2: Spends a lot of money and, like, is constantly being photographed. So, you know, if she's in a long girl dress, like, that's pretty major. So, from there, we then end the episode with Dale, 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 going to the New York Society Library and is, like, up against a wall of, like, all of those little shelves, like, little drawers with, like this is like me trying to explain like a library to people i'm like i don't even know what do they what do you call them so when she gets to this library dale is saying that the fact that tinsley is dating this german prince is absolutely tragic she said their history is not good she said you know he's really territorial of her he reads her emails and she starts like reading a book about his family and says her heritage and his joining together we would be apocalyptic (laughs) Because he's German, and she then implies, well, if he's a prince, he probably was a Nazi, or his family comes from Nazis. Which, like, is rich, because, like, she's from old Southern money. As if, like, you didn't have a million slaves, like, on your property, or the Mortimers. If you tell me the Mortimers didn't have slaves, I will give you $100. That's not true. I won't give anybody money.
3: This show, like, on every side is full of racism. It's not just Jules Kirby who probably, as I said before, isn't even a racist, just a massive asshole, <laughs> a people people hater. But then yeah, you have Dale looking up the Holocaust and the Second World War and talking about yeah, racism in as Germany.
2: If every German person must right. be yeah. a Nazi or descendant of Nazis.
3: And also, like, when she, she finds that book, which is blurred out, I would really like to know which book it is. And the question is, is it about the Holocaust? Is it about World War II? Or is it about the prince's family? So we have no idea what book she actually finds. Well, I think it is about the Second World War. And she looks through it, but it looks like she acts like she's never heard of it before what happened back then it's like <gasps> the yeah,
2: atrocities
3: he's so, she, so shocked i'm like dude did you go to school i mean yeah you live on a different continent and we do here but i think it also has a topic in american high school
2: yeah i mean it definitely was brought up once or twice I'm right <laughs> that old thing called the holocaust never heard of it so that brings us to episode three which is called plus one we start the episode in Tinsley's apartment talking to her old housekeeper fanny who still works for both her and topper so fanny is kind of like the keeper of the keys. she's like so fanny um like how are things is topper home is he home does he say home is he around? And she's like, yes, Miss Tinsley. Like, so nice. <laughs> like, I don't, uh, okay, I don't want to be on the fucking show.
3: <laughs> and I think that's the first time that Tinsley probably really ever talked to her anyways. And 100%. the whole scene, she doesn't put down her coffee or her phone.
0: <laughs> the, whole we'll time she's
3: talking, the whole time she's talking to the housekeeper, so clearly she has like never talked to that woman before besides saying like, can you do me the dishes? Don't put the (laughs) monogram cushions upside down.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know why she's asking Fanny for relationship advice, but she's talking to her and she's like, I don't know if I miss my husband or I miss the stability of having someone. You know, it was really great that we both had the same initials because I got to keep all of our monogram things. And then you just see like a (laughs) sea of (laughs) monograms. It's like, you have to torch that relationship, Tinsley. You're ready to keep in the blue chairs. Torch everything else. Like, you don't need to keep reminding yourself. Get new monograms. I wonder if she's going to take Scott's last name. (laughs) I think his last name was Cluth. Yeah, Scott Cluth. Oh, wow. He has, oh my God, he has a page on bravotv.com saying, who is Scott Cluth?
1: Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot.
3: Go up May Mortimer.
2: Oh, most definitely she is not. Yeah, so from there we go to Jules and dabney in the hotel. You kinda of see them hanging out and Jules' is like, yeah, not much is really going on during the day other than sleeping. Must be nice. Get a jab. Like you go say, get a jab. <laughs> <laughs> she's such a lazy fuck. She plays video games all day, and you kind of just see them pan to the hallway, which is just full of empty trays of food from room service. Which I feel like she's one of those assholes who calls up and she's like, Hey, can I have a coffee? They bring up the coffee. And 15 minutes later, she's like, Hey, can you bring up two scrambled eggs with a, a right. side of fruit? And then an hour later, she's like, Can you bring up um, an ice bucket? And they're like, Oh my god, oh my god, ask for at once, you fucking asshole look you don't even <laughs> see people working behind the scenes to get you shit as you know difficult or annoying from there we go to paul at the gym and he's hanging out with the hottie tommy the extra in the back of Playboy magazine <laughs> who answered this casting call he is working out with them and he said i'm so skinny because i have crew ballet and playing tennis but i'm like not they're working out, we see their cute little scene together, and then he leaves and he's classy. He's like, I could use a slice of pizza now.
3: <laughs> it's so cringy. Like poor poor cast of Tommy <laughs> that he has to sit do those scenes to get like ten bucks or whatever.
2: Tommy But I
3: was quite uh, quite impressed with Paul's Ballet moves. They weren't the worst. So I was was expecting that it was really going to be really, really bad. And I was like, oh, well, he actually once or twice did take a ballet class and not just (laughs) danced around the house.
2: (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay. I found information on Tommy. Tommy is a model. Tommy Daddario. Tommy's definitely someone you want to bring home to mom. I love NYC, I wanna see where he's from, please. If he's from Ohio, I'm gonna <laughs> congratulate myself. He's a good Italian boy, blah, blah, blah. Where is he from? Tommy Daddario, okay, I can. Oh my God, he's a lot of Instagram followers. 200,000. Yeah, yeah.
3: he's a TV house and lifestyle contributor. <laughs> contributor, <laughs> And he's married to Gio Benides. Who's an ABC News transportation correspondent.
2: Oh, cute. Wow, <laughs> he finally found someone who has, like, a good head on his shoulders.
3: It's like uh-huh. uh, Tommy, who's an extra on this show you find the most information about. I
2: know, else. right? <laughs> <laughs> everyone else has to truly hide and shame. Hometown. Ah, Jersey. Oh, my God, now I'm on, like, his fan page on it Facebook. Should I join it? Should I ask him to come on the show? Oh my god, that would actually be so good. I should actually yeah, I'm like writing that down. That'll be so funny. I feel like he would really spill some good tea. Or maybe he's like, I'm truly so much better than that. My yeah,
3: and I think he he's probably too nice.
2: Yeah, because he seems
3: really nice, and he seems really happy with his husband.
2: Oh, he's so cute. Fifteen years ago I left my hometown in New Jersey to pursue my authentic self and my wildest dreams. But I didn't know I was how deeply I'd fallen in love with NYC. I'll never stop trying to find the magic in this enchanting city. Wishing you a beautiful rest of your holiday weekend. An angel. He's so nice. Justice for Tommy. (laughs) (laughs) So from there we are then introduced to Deborah Rose, which in my notes it changed to Deborah Rose, which is shady. So we're introduced to Devorah, who's the editor-in-chief of Social Life magazine. And she's kind of brought into the group by knowing Tinsley. She says that her and Tinsley are BFF. They've known each other forever. And she made Tinsley who she is by putting her on the cover of Social Life magazine, which again, as we said, like Tinsley probably was on the cover of other magazines and in like every issue of the New York Post. So I don't think she made her into anything.
3: And then we see those clip bits of Deborah Denise, how she's working on her, on her magazine and everything. <laughs> she's like, this issue is going to offend people. <laughs> Dude, she put reality stars on the cover of your magazine. Your magazine comes out, out like, what is it? Twice a month for four months a year. It's just like a, a seasonal thing.
2: It must be because it's not as if this is like you know Vanity Fair that comes out once a month. Also, again, the magazine industry is dead. So I feel like
3: it's one. What's it called? The magazine on at the subway, metro. Oh yeah,
1: the metro.
3: Kind of. I mean. I kind of feel like it's a a free magazine you get in the Hamptons at the supermarket.
2: (laughs) Well, I remember forever ago, I was staying at my uncle's house in the Hamptons and he had like five or six of them. And yeah, I definitely feel like it's one of those things where it's like you go to a fancy store and they have a stack of them for free at the front. And it's like, oh, I'll take one. I'll take one. Wow. Okay. So came out in July, came out in May. Okay. Yeah. I think this is very they're very confused because it doesn't seem like there's any like rhyme or reason for some of their things it's like winter 2020 fall 2020 september 2020 august 2020 <laughs> <laughs> another august 2020 i'm trying to think like are any of these naomi watts but like yeah some of these photos are definitely like not of photo shoots where people actually have gone it's clear yeah we have Kyle Richards June 2019 and she followed Nicole Kidman. Not bad.
3: Well, again, Social Life magazine is the nobleman of the East Coast.
2: <laughs> yeah, 100%. Damn, they... Do- oh, wow. They really did Sonia Morgan dirty by not even putting her on the website. <laughs> Sonia Morgan probably, like, Photoshopped herself into a Social Life magazine, like Trump did on Time magazine, where it's like, bro... Someone gifted that to you. You were never on the cover. you gotta get a grip on that. <laughs> it's really not a good look for you. So she's also saying that she made Tinsley sexier and more fun, but Tinsley's turned her back on her. Then we start getting cross cuts in from other people on the cast. Paul calls her a total trollop. She comes from <laughs> nowhere and now she lives in the NYC scene and then devora has like a rebuttal testimonial where she's like paul is a nobody and says he's from the johnson and johnson family and he is not then we see jules coming in saying she's ugly and a vile thing then devora claps back saying jules is racist homophobic and i'd rather swim and vomit than hang out with her And then to top it off, Tinsley has her little testimony about Deborah saying, I don't even know her at all and she's definitely not my friend.
3: <laughs> right. But of course, I mean, Deborah Denise is brought in by the producers. Like there is no tie whatsoever besides that Tinsley was on that magazine cover once.
2: Yeah. But like,
3: they were like, we need to create more drama around Tinsley. So let's bring in Deborah Denise.
2: Who's scoring? So by her. somebody
3: starts fighting with Tinsley.
2: Yeah, because the attention really... is
3: all taken away from Tinsley and she's the main cast member because the other ones are all so <laughs> goddamn awful.
2: I wonder if Tinsley had to give the names of Paul and Jules when she was casting a show, or like the producers probably saw they were in the press a lot and were like, oh, these two train wrecks could possibly. Oh, actually, no. She knew Paul through Topper's half-brother. So she probably and was like...
3: Jules is also friends with the Mortimers. Oh. She still follows Topper, Topper's new wife. She knows the, the, uh, the Mortimers.
2: Oh, okay. Wait, were you able to find Jules's account again? Or is it not working?
3: Yeah, yeah. I sent it to you.
2: Because you sent me her new one. Jules has a new name, everybody. If if her, if her that wasn't surprising, considering. No, the one you sent me, like, wasn't working. The ja- Oh, actually, wait, you sent it. It's saying, sorry, this page isn't available. I followed her, so maybe she blocked me.
3: Mm. Gem <sighs> underscore touchdown. She must have blocked
2: you. Oh, my God. I mean. <gasps> she must have blocked me. Okay, let me go on my personal. Dun, 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 dun. This is a investigation.
3: Oh, my God. Oh, well, no, I can't find it anymore.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she blocked you, too. She sniffed you out. Because she has good. no uh, gem touchdown. Oh, I found, like reposting pictures best snaps of julia oh yeah okay so she changed her name from jules julia oh wow this is back oh this is weird this is like a weirdo's fan account of jules's picture so jules got a nose job changed her name to julia or gem gem touchdown ew that's so weird Oh, boy. I mean, not poor girl. She fucking does her. Yeah, and saying this page is not available. Maybe she found out that Bravo people were following her and found her. and was like, I need to get off the grid. Because last time I checked, I she was want... just like partying in Spain or Madrid. I mean, Madrid yeah, yeah, she sorry.
3: lives in Madrid because I was on her page just earlier. <laughs> um, she lives in Madrid now. It's... Has this full on, seems like she is a yogi and all that. I mean, she's still like just living, not really working, but she is in Europe. But I don't understand why I don't find it anymore.
2: Yeah, I think she's off the grid again.
3: But I was on her page like two hours ago before we started this. Oh no, here she is.
2: Oh, wait. How do you spell the thing?
3: J-E-M underscore touchdown.
2: She must have blocked me on all of my accounts. Because I'm obviously like my Bravo one has like my personal one in the name. Oh my God. How the fuck am I going to access her? Okay, I'll just go on to incognito, bitch.
3: Well, I'm looking at her hundreds. Oh my god! I'm literally looking
2: at her now. She blocked me on everything. That is crazy. Wow! It's like she knew I was gonna tag her. (laughs) Well, she must have felt like because I mean, Bravo, Happy are following her. She probably knows. Bravo, this is coming from Tinsley's world, whatever.
3: Of course, and maybe. Maybe she listened to your episode two weeks ago where you were teasing this.
2: (laughs) Uh, Yikes! Whoa, that's crazy. I mean, she's got big fake titties, a new face, a killer six-pack. I can't believe she blocked me on everything! What? That's a huge bummer. That was... Wow! I mean, I don't blame her, but damn. All right, well, good to know. <laughs> so from there, that was a little tangent, but we're back, we're back, focused. We go to B&J Fabrics for Tinsley to find some new fabrics for her bag. I kind of wanted her to go to Mood Fabrics, like Project Runway. I really thought they were gonna come out with like big mood bags, <laughs> which, old throwback. She is actually looking like she's doing something. She's like going for fabrics and whatnot. She says she hates the word polyester. And she's polyester shaming. Yeah, we kind of just see her doing shit for her bags. Don't care.
3: Well, I wrote down in my notes, that she pretends to be a designer.
2: Oh, <laughs> I'm like, she's working so hard.
3: Yeah, she buys some fabric, <laughs> runs over to the factory, stays for five minutes, and makes a model of a bag. It's yeah. like, no, no, you don't.
2: She didn't make anything. She didn't make anything. (laughs) Then from there, we go back to her midtown loft, and Dale is there to see the new place, and the guy who was painting the apartment was painting it this Tiffany bright blue, and Dale comes in and is like, he needs to stop immediately. This is horrible. Tinsley, you cannot have this in your room. she's like, um, okay, um, please stop. And he's like, I'm kidding. I've been working for an hour. Jesus Christ. All right.
3: I really like the blue.
2: I did, too. I thought it was nice. It matched the blue chairs. Circling back. Dude, I cannot believe she blocked me. I'm upset about this. <laughs> I didn't even do anything. I got to make a burner account. Which might be, like, a little pathetic, but... To follow, follow Thomas Ravenel, Jax, and her. <laughs> like, the truly the biggest scum on the
3: network.
2: <laughs> so... Dale is in the apartment, and she's saying she feels the presence of Casimir in the apartment. Tinsley then tells us that he was there, but had left before she had Dale come over. She's going to this big black tie event tonight, and she asks Tinsley who she's bringing. Tinsley says she's not bringing anybody, which gives Dale the bright idea to surprise Tinsley and go to the event and get all dolled up for this high-end benefit, and... Little Deshino Casimir is there as Timsey's date, and this is the first time that they're coming out together at their first event. It's a statement to say that they're officially a couple. Well, things blow up.
3: <laughs> well, first of all, she's wearing Marquesa.
2: Oh yeah, always Marquesa.
3: She, she besides going to the Lagerfelds Ungari show, she's wearing Marquesa the whole time. She's always <laughs> a Marquesa. Which Marquesa is a great, like
2: Marquesa is a beautiful designer. And I feel bad that she gets stuck with that. Absolutely.
3: I'm with you on that. I really like Marquesa. But like, clearly she was the face for Marquesa. Or like a, what do you call it? A spokesmodel. But don't you find it weird that she's at a black tie charity event. She's wearing a short dress and has her hair braided. Don't she like, usually wear a gown to a black tie event?
2: Yeah, especially at an event of that, like, social stature. They, like, pan out to see the event, and there's, like, 45 tables with crystals and big flower arrangements, and everybody looks dressed to the nines, and she looks like she's going to, like, a roni event, heading to a
3: party. <laughs> my, my first thought was that she's only invited to the Um, cocktail part of the charity event. Because in the beginning you just see her like on the step and repeat and outside having drinks like in in the foyer. Yeah. But um, later you do see her at a table. But I was like why is she in a cocktail dress literally?
2: Yeah. I don't don't understand that fashion choice. We're gonna have to reach out to her on that. (laughs) We then... They start blowing up. So Casimir is there. They embrace each other in the hallway. They're a little bit awkward with each other, which of course, like, I think he's uncomfortable being on screen. And also, yeah, this is like their first time coming out together. And he's a prince. She's a socialite. So it's obviously going to be a buzz. And we see like people coming up to her, like this one old man. He's like, Ginsley, you're already out on the prowl. What are you doing? She's like, Topper's eating. Top is eating. I swear. I swear he's eating. He's where. He's where he's dating." Uh, And then from there, we get the entrance of a century. Dale Mercer walks into the event wearing a gorgeous, appropriate dress. It has, like, these hot pink straps, and it's, like, a black tube dress. She looks beautiful. Like, I think, I think she looks so good. There was, like, this belted pink thing. Like, ugh, that wasn't the best, but no she didn't get the coco chanel mantra of, remove one thing before you leave the house before
3: you leave the house <laughs>
2: yeah so and what a
3: coincidence oh. dale arrives just after casimir leaves, <sighs> leaves step and repeat <laughs> what a coincidence
2: what a coincidence production had nothing to do with it no so he says to her and he goes let me know when you want to go upstairs um go do your thing and but I'll see you upstairs or whatever so it seems like he probably was like I'll give you a hug in the lobby (laughs) I'm not sitting at this (laughs) shit like I don't want to do it so Dale comes in looking gorgeous she said I thought you were going to be alone I was going to come as your date and surprise you then Tinsley obviously has to say like Casimir is here and at this point like she knows Dale is going to be upset and as Tinsley like starts fighting with Dale, she starts calling her mommy. She's like, mommy, stop. Mommy, mommy, stop. Like, you need to leave. You need to get out of here. Like, Casimir's not gonna want this. Like, you're gonna accost him, you're gonna be an asshole, which she ends up being. And then, whatever, they have their little spat. Then they go to the table. And so I guess supposedly Dale ends up sitting in Casimir's seat, which is really sweet. Tinsley goes to the table, and then Dale catches casimir trying to leave and the camera is like getting really shaky you could tell like everyone was like oh shit we gotta start running we gotta start running we gotta run her and she starts chasing after casimir all throughout the banquet hall like goes outside goes into the kitchen of the hotel they all three of them run into the kitchen Uh oh Oh my god tinsley's like mom please like relax and then tinsley starts crying and she's like mom like where are fucking black tie function i'm yeah dressed in a cocktail dress but like we're still at a black tie function (laughs) please stop doing this like you're completely embarrassing me and then my favorite part one of my favorite parts of the show is when dale like walks out like walk of shame and she uses the bottom of her dress as a napkin and starts wiping her tears with it
3: (laughs) it was great but then also like it's all really dramatic right the camera is shaking They're all running into the kitchen and then he runs out again and she runs after him and Tinsley is mortified and and crying and all that and the music is really dramatic. Oh yeah. The prince leaves and there's no confrontation whatsoever. Dale and the prince don't even meet.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't think he would ever allow that.
3: No, but it was such a disappointment. She'd like, be like,
2: are your family Nazis? He's like, what? <laughs> yeah,
3: something, give us something. Try to
2: relax, chill, lady.
3: <laughs> like, there was no orgasm.
2: Yeah, no climax to that story. It was kind of a bummer because you kind of expect, like, something, some sort of confrontation. Dale was, like, clearly, like, upset that Tinsley kicked her out and that she couldn't, like, have fun at the party but also had this grin on her face. Like she knew she was just stirring trouble and stirred enough trouble where they inevitably break up because like what Casimir wants to do with this shit. He's like, come on, like you're, you're an adult woman. What is your mommy like dictating everything happening in your life and who, who you hang out with and who you date? In Tinsley's case, yes, that is the case. Thanks for listening to part two. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Again, tune in next week for parts three and four and five. And then where are they now? Which is so good. I believe in this episode, you heard my freak out of realizing that Jules blocked me not only on Bravo Happy Hour's Instagram account, but also my personal. She has gone out of her way to make it known that she does not want me to follow her. However, honey, I have my sources. I've had a couple really awesome people on Instagram already hit me up being like, I will be a spy for you. Just let me be your Russian spy. It is fine. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in on Tuesday for a new news episode. And then the following week for part three of High Society. Thanks so much for listening. Have a great rest of your week. Bye. Thanks so much for catching up with me, Megan O'Donnell, on this episode of Bravo Happy Hour. Until next time, be sure to follow Bravo Happy Hour on all social media platforms and feel free to shoot me an email at bravohappyhourpod at gmail.com with any hot juicy gossip or just to say what's up. Stay tuned on Tuesdays and Fridays for more episodes of Bravo Happy Hour and if you're loving the show, head on over to Apple Podcasts and give me some love in the form of a five-star review. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your day.